Hello and welcome to Sightless Fun, a podcast about board game accessibility for people who are blind and vision impaired. I'm Jed, and with me is Ertai. How are you today, Ertai? Hey, I'm great, thank you. And yourself? Uh, I'm not too bad. It is it is a weekend. Weekends are good. Unfortunately, I am a day or hard part of a day ahead of you, so I'll be back at work tomorrow, but it's been good. Now, Today, we are going to be looking at Secret Hitler, a social deduction game, and discussing the use of apps and technology to improve board game accessibility for people who are blind and vision impaired. But first, what have you been playing recently, Ertai? In the past week, I didn't play much. I only played, got to play two games. Uh, the first game that I played was Camelop. I have a casual group that I'm trying to turn into a regular weekly group. So I'm just getting them, giving them some gateway games to start with. Um, that was quite fun. We played uh, three player, then four player, then another uh, friend arrived. It was five player at the end. So we played like a few rounds of camel up. That was fun to play. For those that do not know, uh, Camelop is a light betting game where players bet on racing camels. So there's a little bit of luck involved. There's a little bit of strategy involved. All around, it's great fun. And a great game to introduce people to uh, board games. But the second game that I played, which was much more intense and much more interesting, was Battlestar Galactica express which is a fan-made game and that's a compressed version of the original battlestar galactica which is a much longer game it the original one lasts like three to four hours and this fan-made version is compressed down to last around one hour and it involves uh, more dice rolling and has the hidden traitor mechanic just like Secret Hitler does, the game that we're going to talk about today. So, yeah. We, and we were we were actually just talking before, uh, before we started recording here, about Battlestar Galactica, because when Ertai said he had he'd played this Express version, I, I hadn't heard of it, but I, I do own Battlestar Galactica, and I've never gotten it to the table, partly because the rulebook looked intimidating for me to read, because it would take quite a bit of time. <laughs> but maybe that's a better option if it's an Express <laughs> yeah. version. <laughs> yeah, uh, so the Express version was created by Evan Derrick, is the designer name, and I think they were trying to get it licensed so they can so the game can be published with nice components and everything, but I think they did, they failed to get the Battlestar Galactica license and they published it under a different name. Uh, now the game is called Dark Moon. It has some small changes like some uh, mechanics uh, that are with the dice are replaced with cards but it still keeps the same core ideas of the original bsg express game so because i failed to find dark moon nearby i had to just print print out the bsg express version which i think officially is not available anymore so it's very very hard to find it and I don't think you're allowed to share it with people <laughs> now that uh, they released a, a published version. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, briefly in Battlestar Galactica, like you are in a 
spaceship that uh, is running away from the robots. They are the Cylons in the show. And there are two Cylons that have infiltrated the ship. And they're trying to sabotage the ship while the humans are trying to run away, like jump to light speed and try to escape. Well, I will, I will, I, yeah, I didn't know the history there behind uh, Dark Moon. So that is interesting. That is interesting indeed. Well, in, in my case, uh, I'm actually about to wrap up my D&D campaign that I've been running for the past, uh, I was about to say, past week, past year. Uh, I've been running Curse of Stride for D&D 5th edition. It's been a lot of fun. I really do recommend it. It's a very fun campaign. And so I'm sure by the time this goes up, we will we will know whether the heroes have triumphed or whether they have they have all uh, died. I mean, <laughs> at the moment, everyone has died at least one. Sorry, not everyone, but of the five players in the group, uh, three of them have died once. Oh, sorry, two of them have died once. One of them has died, I think, three times. So a lot of fun. Uh, as for board games, I've played a little bit of Magic the Gathering recently. I've, I've but the guys I play D&D with, there are a few of them there are quite into magic and have been getting more interested in it because of the, the release of the course at 2019. Uh, which is still a game I can play with, with a reading light and a magnifying glass, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, it tends to strain my eyes quite a bit to, to play yeah. it for any length of time. Does it extend and, the game time? Um, like? Not really. I think if you... Uh, for, for me, not really. I mean, like I said, I've, I still have quite a decent ability to to read, so long as I can enlarge the material. But I can imagine that if you were, you know, using, uh, we'll talk about it more later with uh, using apps to to read text to you, it possibly would, uh, because you, you know, it's quicker. Well, I suppose you can increase the reading speed, but I, I suspect. It, probably would a little bit and it did get a little clumsy because you know you've got to hold cards in one hand and if you have phone in another or magnifying glass in another it could it could get a bit uh bit clunky there the other yeah the other game i played recently is uh, sagrada which is a dice placement puzzle game if you've played azul or have heard of azul it's basically the same thing but with dice instead of tiles uh i probably will write about it at some point because it's it's quite a fun game it's 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 you know it's light it's it's easy it's it's more of a it's it's a game that you can play with people who don't game too often and there is a bit of luck in there well there's a lot of luck in there but there's also a lot of sort of thinking in terms of placing the dice because of the restrictions on on how you place you can't place the same color dice next to the same color and you can't place the same number dice next to the same number so yeah it's it's quite good it is quite a good game Nice. I I looked into Sagrada a bit and was thinking about picking it up. Was just looking if uh, I will be able to play it with my very limited sight. It's a tough one, you know. I couldn't I couldn't tell you. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But well, uh, I'm looking forward to your post. So. Yeah. 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 And if you if you can find someone who's already got it, to, you should give it a shot. I think just. To see what it's like, um, and if you uh, if you can read or have the ability to to magnify standard size D six, what are, what are they like six mil? I think it is. Is it six mil? Or? For D six, I actually like uh, that was the same problem with BSG Express because it uses a lot of dice, 
And what I did was uh, pick up a standard D6 that are engraved so I can feel the numbers by touch. Yep. And like if they are custom dice, I just have another player like write down an association table. Basically, one means this, two means the other. And when I roll, because the rolls in BSG are hidden, I roll, I just check the numbers and then someone quickly reads the table just so I know what I rolled. Like if they are complex, you usually memorize them after a few times. So I, it's, isn't it great? We've we've just been talking about games we've recently played, and just inadvertently, we're already talking about accessibility and the things we do to play the games that we play, which is it's pretty fantastic. But now let's let's move on though. Let's move on to today's game. Today's featured game: Secret Hitler. Secret Hitler is a social deduction game, which is published by Goat, Wolf, and Cabbage. What a fantastic company name. It supports 5 to 10 players, although personally I would recommend uh, 7 to 8. I don't know how you feel about that, Otai. And it plays in about 45 minutes. Uh, so, Otai, would you like to tell us a bit about Secret Hitler and, and how it, how is it played? What what are we doing in Secret Hitler? Yeah, so in his Secret Hitler, you have two opposing teams, uh, the liberals and the fascists. The theme is set in uh, 1930s Germany, be- just before World War II. And the fascists have one special role, uh, the head honcho, Hitler. The liberals are the good guys, fascists are the bad guys, obviously. The liberals have a majority in the beginning. The thing is that the liberals do not have any information about any of the other players. So they do not know whether another player is a liberal or a fascist. Fascists, on the other hand, know who the other fascists are and they also know who Hitler is. Hitler is a special character that doesn't know who the other liberals or fascists are. The liberals win if they manage to pass five liberal policies or if they manage to kill Hitler during the game, while the fascists win if they pass uh, six fascist policies or manage to uh, get Hitler into the chancellor position after three policies are passed. So the way that the game works is at the beginning, uh, each player gets Delta card that shows their role and also gets a party loyalty card, which has the liberal or the fascist party in it. After the parties are dealt, all of the players close their eyes, they extend their hands and make a fist. Hitler raises his thumb and the fascist players open their eyes. So Hitler raises his thumb, fascist players open their eyes to see who they are and see who Hitler is. Then everyone closes their eyes, Hitler lowers his thumb and the game can begin. The president can nominate another player as the chancellor. Then all of the players vote whether they accept uh, that office. If the vote fails, the presidency uh, shifts to the next player in clockwise order. And the new president nominates another chancellor and another voting phase begins. If the voting passes, The president draws three policy cards in secret. The president looks at the cards, discards one of the policies and hands them face down to the chancellor. Then the chancellor can choose 
one of the policy cards to enact and the other policy card to discard. So this is where uh, problems may occur. For instance, the president may pass a liberal and a fascist policy to the chancellor. If the chancellor happens to be fascist, they can enact the fascist policy and claim that the president passed them two fascist policies. So the lying and mind games begin there. When a fascist policy is enacted, there are certain powers that can be triggered. For instance, uh, if uh, in a 7 or 8 player game, uh, the second fascist policy triggers a party investigation power, which means that the current president can investigate any other player's loyalty. So they can look at the, their party card and then claim whether they are a fascist or a liberal. And in this step, of course, they can lie. For instance, if they are a fascist, they take a liberal's card and then claim that the liberal is a fascist player. Uh, another power that is very important is the power that activates after the fourth and fifth fascist policy, which triggers an assassination. In this step, the current president can eliminate any of the other players. If Hitler is eliminated, the liberals instantly win. While if a liberal player is eliminated, they start to lose the majority that they have. So it is very important for the liberals to figure out who they are in the game so they can control the government with the voting. So, that is Secret Hitler. If you do not like the Hitler theme, there are other fan-made versions of the game. The most popular of them is the one called Secret Voldemort, which is from the Harry Potter universe. Now, you have the print-and-play version, and it's a mad props to the publisher because they've, they've kept that available, which is really good. They're uh, well-known for allowing or having their games up free-to-play given they've got both Secret Hitler and Cards Against Humanity is what they were first known for. Uh, but I actually happen to have backed it on Kickstarter, so I have what I believe is the same as the retail version. I didn't get the special wooden collector's box, I got the standard version. So I just wanted to quickly go over the components that you would get if you purchased the game. Uh, so it's it's a funny, it's a really funny shaped box. It's about uh, 15 centimeters by 45 centimeters, I think, which is what six inches by f uh, more than six inches yeah. <laughs> by I think 18 <laughs> inches yeah, if you, if you use 20. your fake fake measurements. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, you get three policy tracker boards which are double sided. So there's like one does five to six player, one seven eight, and the other's nine ten. So on one side you have the fascist policy tracker with the different special abilities and on the other side you just have the liberal policy tracker so in a game you use whichever relevant fascist side and then you just use one of the liberal sides because the liberal side never changes um I'm, I'm, you probably can hear i'm just playing with the box at the moment actually um you get a bunch of cards so you've got uh, 10 party cards and 10 roll cards so your liberals your fascists uh your liberal roles, your fascist roles, and the Hitler role. You've got voting cards, uh, 10 yeses and 10 noes, or rather I should say 10 ya yeah and 10 nine cards. You have 10 envelopes, 
<laughs> which you put the cards into. So you'll have, you know, one party card, one roll card that corresponds to the party, one of each voting card, and you put them in an envelope, and so you hand those out to the players. That's how you would normally assign uh, the roles. And uh, what else? Oh, the policy tiles, of course. So the policy tiles, I think they're actually thick cardboard. I think they're actually about three pieces of thick cardboard, like, squished together. They're very firm. And finally, the, the last little component, the tiny little component, is the black little anarchy tracker, which is just when... Uh, we didn't actually touch on it there, just not really relevant to accessibility, but uh, when governments, when President-Chancellor pairs are rejected then the anarchy tracker goes up one, and when it hits, was it three, uh, you just draw the first, or is it five, you just draw the first policy tile, so, and reset the tracker. But yeah, they're the components you get, it's, oh, I lie, there is one more component that I forgot. There is the President and Chancellor placards, so these are wooden pieces, which would like be like if you had your name on your desk and in front of you, uh, so one of them says Chancellor and one of them says President. They're really neat, actually. I do quite like them. But yeah, they're the components you'll get if you buy the game. Uh, they're really quite nice. Uh, other than the fact that the box is a really strange shape, so that, you know, good luck fitting it on your shelf. You will, you have to do a bit of Tetris. Uh, but it's it's certainly, yeah, it's, it's certainly quite nice components. But anyway, so that that's the basics of Secret Hitler. They're the components you get if you buy the game. Now, there are a few little points here where you, you might be able to tell there's, there's some challenges if you are blind or vision impaired. The first is the role assignment. You've got to have a way to be able to tell what role you are dealt, whether you're a fascist or a liberal and whether you are Hitler. The next problem is team identification. So you've got to be able to look around the table, identify if you're a fascist, identify who is on your team and identify who Hitler is. And that that's actually, even, even for someone who's vision impaired, that's actually quite challenging. Like, for example, for me, uh, with no peripheral vision and sort of poor low light vision, it's, it's, it's tough because all I can see is an eye or a nose. So I have to go around one person at a time and unless they're looking directly at me, I'm not going to know that they are also a fascist. Plus, finding Hitler's thumb is, is just... Good luck with that. The third thing there, it's sort of an issue, is voting. You've got to have a way to be able to tell the yes and no cards apart. It's not such a big one, but it's a minor one nonetheless. Fourth, if you're the president, the chancellor, you need to be able to tell what policies you're able to choose from. So you've got to be able to tell the tiles apart, uh, the two different types of tiles apart, I should say. And finally, that the only special power that really has... Uh, like a bearing on accessibility is investigation, which comes down to the same thing as the role assignment, is being able to tell when you investigate someone what their party is. Now, the conventional way of dealing with these would be to use tape or braille tape and a labeler, a braille labeler, to mark the cards. Now, it's actually quite easy to do this for Secret Hitler because there aren't that many You've got a yes and a no, you've got a liberal party, fascist party, and the Hitler role, and you've got the fascist and the uh, liberal policy tiles. That's it. That's seven different types of, of things that you'd have to mark. 
It's all single words. It's all small words at that as well. It's quite simple. You probably could. And you only need to mark half of them because you yeah, because I, there are I, only I two. You, you just mark yeah. one, and you know that the other is the opposite of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, so yeah, you don't even don't even have to mark it all really. Um, so it's it's really really easy to to sort that out. So in terms of overcoming the the challenges of of card the cards and the tiles, but the one thing that isn't so easy to overcome is that team identification is being able to go around the table as a fascist and identify who it is that is a fascist that is you're wanting to be working with and who it is that is Hitler that you want to try get into the chancellor position or you want to make sure that they're not the you know that there's no suspicion on them and that someone doesn't assassinate them otherwise of course you will lose the game but thankfully there are some other answers that can overcome this challenge technological answers so Ertai, could you talk a little bit about this app that you have developed that can help people who are blind or vision impaired play Secret Hitler. What was it that motivated you to work on the app and what, how can it help them? How can it help people who are blind and vision impaired overcome these challenges? The main motivation was that I wanted to keep playing the game without being too stressed and like start panicking every time I drew the fascist card and I had to open my eyes to see who the other players were. Uh, I'm gonna first share a, a short funny story. Well, funny for everyone else except me. Uh, what happened was I drew the fascist card. So everyone closes their eyes. The fascists open their eyes. Hitler raises uh, their thumb. And I opened my eyes, I started scanning around, I saw one of the fascists, but I didn't get to see Hitler's thumb. So I didn't want to ruin the game for everyone else, because uh, it was quite new to everyone, and everyone wanted to be the baddie, or be Hitler. And I just kept silent and carried on. I thought, I'll figure out during the course of the game, who Hitler is. By dumb luck, what happens is I ended up being the president when the second assassination power got activated. So now I had to shoot someone. And of course, I had no idea who Hitler was. We were playing, I think, eight players. So one person was eliminated at that point. So I had six other players to choose from. So the chances were one out of six. So what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> and the worst that happens is a fascist shot Hitler in the face. <laughs> and when they ask, the, because when you shoot a player, uh, you ask them, are you Hitler? And they need to truthfully say whether they are or not. And when it was my cousin, when she said, yes, I'm Hitler, I was like, oh my God, no. <laughs> Uh, that, that was that was a hilarious moment for everyone, <laughs> embarrassing moment for me. And after that moment, every time I drew the fascist card, I was super stressed out. So one day before meeting our regular Secret Hitler group, 
I was thinking about how I can solve the closing eyes problem and came up with an idea to do it with an app that would uh, randomize the roles. And because I'm still partially sighted, I can see bright text on a dark background. That's how I set the theme of the app. So the background was dark, the foreground text was light. And I could read, basically, if I was a fascist, I can see who the other fascists are, their names get listed, and who Hitler is. And then, once I have the information, there's a timer that counts down. Uh, When the next player's name uh, pops up, you just pass the phone to the next player, and they check their own role, passing to the next player until every player has seen their role. Uh, So so how how is it that... that it works exactly then if you were to if I if I was to download the app right now and start playing a game of secretly with my friends, what do we do to set it up and get going? Yes, so the first thing that you do so let me just say that the app is currently available on Android only and it's not on the Play Store because it's still like a prototype but you can freely download it and sideload it to your phone. And it's made for sighted players, so it might not work as well with the Android screen reader because other sighted players will mostly operate with it and they will get confused with the screen reader. So it's made to be used by sighted people mostly. So in the app, uh, you first enter every player's name You add them to a list, and then you just press a button that starts the game, randomizes the roles, and assigns them to every player. So the first player's name is shown on the screen, and you have a button to show show their role. If uh, they have the liberal role, they only see the word liberal. If they have the fascist role, however they can see the names of the players that are fascists and they can see the name of Hitler, who the uh, Hitler player is. There's also a timer that counts down and when the timer hits zero, the next player can look at their role. So the current player just passes the phone to the next player and then they click a button again, their role is displayed, they see their role, timer hits zero, they pass to the next player. It's that simple. There is also, you should add, a button there to speak aloud the text that is on screen. So you do have that option. Just make sure you're wearing earphones when you do that. Otherwise, <laughs> Yeah, so if the player is blind, uh, you can mark a player blind uh, or as visually impaired. And when it's that player's turn, to uh, hear their role, they can just plug in headphones and they hear an audible, a text-to-speech synthesizer basically reads out the names of the players that are the fascists and the name of Hitler, if the blind player is a fascist player. Otherwise, he will just hear that he is he or she is Hitler or a liberal player. And it's also used, or you can also use it, rather, for the investigation part of the game as well, can't you? Yes, because now people that are familiar with the game 
already should uh, think that, okay, so how do you solve the investigation part? Because we don't even use the envelopes and the cards in the game. After the roles are assigned, you are taken to a new screen, which is the party investigation screen. And when the party investigation power is activated, you can scroll through the players that are currently playing and uh, read their loyalty. And once again, the speaking option is also there. So people who are uh, totally blind or who are unable to read the text that is on screen can have that functionality. So it should also add that you've got it so that the app can be used both for Secret Hitler and the Resistance as well for those familiar with that game. Yeah, so that was just a test because there are a few games that use the same mechanic of closing your eyes and some of the players opening their eyes to see the other players that are in their team. Or in case of the Resistance Avalon, there's a special character called Merlin, which is basically a good guy. And uh, the good guy can see some of the other bad guys. So technically you can use the app for other games like the resistance perhaps uh werewolf i think mafia also has but i might be mistaken that same mechanic yeah i'm not sure how mafia i know it is another sort of similar sort of game and and certainly i think uh, any any person or any player who's blind and vision impaired who's played these social deduction games I i would be surprised if if not all of them had a story like yours where they've murdered Hitler, or in my case, I was playing Werewolf, uh, One Night Ultimate Werewolf, and I had the minion, and someone else had, I think it was a minion, or it might have been a werewolf, whatever, and it must have been werewolf, and I opened my eyes, and there was another guy who was who was a werewolf, and I'm looking around the table trying to find, is anyone else a werewolf? And he apparently is waving his arms <laughs> about everywhere, and like jumping up and down, and I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't notice, because like, I can only see one point at a time, and we were playing in quite a, we're at a, like a friend of a friend's place, it was quite dark there, there was not very much light at all, um, and he actually, he actually put his werewolf roll back, and took a different uh, oh, role, no. for some stupid reason, <laughs> and then, and then he just, we finished this bit, and he just, he just bursts out laughing, he just walks up down the <laughs> stairs, just laughing his head off, and we're all like, what the hell, <laughs> so, I'm, I'm pretty sure there are plenty plenty of light and vision paired guys and girls out there who had similar experiences so uh, absolutely you should check uh, the app out we will have a link in the notes for this episode and over on the blog you can also read about it and get the link to download it uh, so I have downloaded it I haven't actually used it yet in a game of, of Secret Hitler or the Resistance I, I do happen to own both and I, I haven't played them recently uh, but yeah, it's if you can still if you're, you're just vision impaired, it's really good high contrast. Uh, the, you know, being able to speak the stuff out if you can't read the say smaller text because um, the your own association is a, is a larger font than the, if you were a uh, if you're you know the rest of your team members. That's the words I'm trying to get out. And so yeah, it's 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 really good. It's it's fantastic, and it's you know it's as you say it's a prototype. So there's there's only going to be more that can be done with it basically yeah and uh, i should also say if there are any other programmers out there the code is posted on github and if anyone 
wants to contribute or for instance develop the iOS app it's a cross-platform project so if you know about any of that sort of thing just send me a message or just fork the code and do whatever you want with it so that that's the app but there are there are some other of course more generic uh, technological solutions to these board game accessibility problems generic text to speech your uh, or apps that can read text on printed material I, if there are you know, sighted people listening may not be aware of this but I remember first seeing an, uh, an, an application demo last year where this guy's he's got a bit of paper and he's wearing these these glasses, but you can get a, a similar thing up on your phone and you just point it at the text and it takes a picture with the camera of, of the phone and then it will like OCR it and read it back to you and you can like jump around and read particular bits and stuff like that. And that technology is getting better and better all the time so that it can process the text faster and it can be more accurate in its its reading of it so that's that's pretty fantastic there are also qr codes and nfc tags which um, do you want to talk a little bit more about those because i'm i'm not as uh well i say not as tech savvy it's it's more that you're actually a programmer and you understand how these things are going to be working (laughs) yeah and well i use them more than you do i guess because you still can use much of your uh, remaining site so uh, I'm gonna go back to the uh, text-to-speech uh, apps that you were talking about I actually used one uh, recently for BSG Express that we mentioned earlier in BSG Express you have the same thing like in Secret Hitler where uh, you get past a loyalty card whether you are a Cylon or not a Cylon and but in BSG Express you don't have the part with closing your eyes and revealing. The only thing that the player knows is the loyalty for himself or herself. And for this game, instead of marking the cards, I decided to use an app developed by Microsoft, and it's only available on iPhone called Seeing AI, where you just point the camera and in real time without even taking the picture. It can read out the text. Even if the text is not contrasted enough, uh, it can pick it up. So it can be quite useful for things where you have like short text. In this case, it was, you are a Cylon, and it reads the power that activates on the card. So it's quite fast and can be very useful for games that have low amount of cards, where you can just go through them all and then memorize the cards uh, for the rest of the game. Other types of... I've had these ideas that these can be useful, so this kind of approach can be useful, is using uh, QR code stickers, which I believe has been done by a company called 64 Ounce Games. They create braille kits for many popular games. I think they have over 100 games now. So, yeah, they sell Braille conversion kits, like sleeves with Braille markings. And they also have free shipping worldwide because they are subsidized by the U.S. government, I think. And they can... Oh, wow. And that, that, that's actually 
Wow, that's really good. Yeah, actually. yeah, <laughs> and I think the owner is called Richard. So hi, Richard. Maybe we can get you <laughs> and interview you on this podcast. So, uh, 64-ounce games has some of, for some of their games they provide uh, QR code stickers. A QR code is a black and white uh, image where you can encode text. So what happens is you point the camera to the QR code and it decodes uh, the text. And it, uh, if you have a screen reader on your phone, it can read the text aloud to you. The problem I've had with QR coded apps, at least with a couple of them I've tried, is that they're not made for quickly cycling through several QR codes. So for instance, if you point it to one card, it starts reading the text that you have encoded. And usually like when you play a game more than once, you start memorizing the cards. So once the heading is read, for instance, or the text, uh, the beginning of the text is uh, spoken out to you, you will quickly move to the next card. And the playback doesn't stop and cycle to the next card. So those are some of the problems that are currently present. Perhaps I will try to uh, code my own QR code app to see if I can improve the speed. But well, we'll see how that goes. Finally, the third option that uh, personally I haven't tried, but I saw a blind user, I think, or it was uh, he was legally blind board gamer on Twitter was using NFC tags. So how NFC tags work are, they can also be stickers where you can uh, encode text uh, using your phone. You can uh, write and read from them. So basically first you enter text, you write to them and stick the stickers to the cards. And uh, when you are playing, you grab your phone and you just tap the phone to the card, which then will uh, receive the text and it can read it back to you. So that usually is faster because you can just grab a card, tap the phone, it reads the text, grab another card, tap the phone, it reads back what's encoded in the sticker. That seems like, you know, there are plenty of options. There are only, the number of options is only growing. The sort of the technology around it all is only going to improve and like just the more people work on it the more people work on it for the the purpose we're talking for here of accessibility and board games people who are blind and vision impaired that is just going to increase the sort of usefulness accessibility and and all of that so it's all pretty fantastic i've got to say it's, it's like technology it's good stuff <laughs> well that brings us to the end of this episode Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you found what we've been talking about interesting uh, and enjoyable. If you would like to know more or are interested in the topic further, you can head over to sightless.fun where you can read our accessibility overviews of various games as well as other topics uh, related to being blind and vision impaired and playing games. You can also interact with us on Twitter at SightlessFun or email us via SightlessFun at Outlook.com. We hope you'll join us next time and until then, happy gaming.
This episode was hosted by Jed Alexander and Ertai Shashko. Our episode editor is Alpai Shashko. We'd also like to extend a special thank you to Fighting Windmills for allowing us to use their music in our podcast. You can find them at fightingwindmillsmk.bandcamp.com.